Right, so welcome back everybody to the Arts Insider podcast and today we are joined by Rob Fletcher. Now, a little bit of context, Rob is someone that I have known, we've just been talking about this offline, um, I've known now for about 17 years, started uh, as a, a student like many of the art students here uh, and is now uh left university just at six years ago and Rob now working on the national tour of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, as a stage manager. So we've had lots of different people on the podcast uh, talking about many different parts of the industry and today we're talking to Rob. So Rob, welcome firstly to uh, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to start with a really open question really, which is basically what is the role of a stage manager and how did you end up, out of all the jobs in the industry, doing what you're doing now? It's a good question. Um, I think what makes the role of a good stage manager is probably is having good communication across all departments. You know, um, you are the point of you are the person at the point of the center of the production that everybody goes to, and you're the source of information. So my job is to to gather that information and then distribute it to everybody else. Um, and also another part of my job is also the safety aspect of the production. You know, my job is to oversee everything and watch from a distance and make sure it all happens and basically make sure everybody else is doing their job efficiently enough to make the production happen. Um, and as it says, as a stage manager, you are officially the manager of the stage. Um, I think for myself how I got into the SM role really was, uh, well, all goes back to the start, I guess, from uh, from joining the um, arts and back when it was plasticine as well. And we, um, you know, I was a child and I was enjoying acting. And from there I thought, you know, this is something that I might like to do for my career. And I went to school and I went, when I was in school, I stayed with um, the drama, with drama for the whole way through and I performed in high school, um, Our Ladies. We did all the plays. I remember doing High School Musical. We did Grease, Christmas Carol, you know, and I found myself getting quite a few of the, not main parts, but I was a supporting role, shall we say, but I had good roles. I played Jacob Marley. Uh, I remember playing Kanicki in Grease. And you know the whole school coming to watch it. We did you know it's I I think you were you were leaving just as I was coming in. So um, my I was in year seven when there was Greece. Greece. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you see me in Greece then, I guess. I must have seen you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea until this very second. Yeah. But yeah, because <laughs> we did a weird thing where they had the year elevens in one team and the year eights and nines in another team, and we swapped over. I remember doing that. Um, but I remember the year 11s got to perform to every year group in the school, which was yeah. fun. Um, so moving on anyway, from uh, Our Ladies, we, I went to Winstanley College. We're pretty much a lot of people who were in that drama group in high school. We sort of formed a group, then all went to do the same course in, in Winstanley College. Um, and I did the BTEC there. And while I was in the BTEC at, at Winstanley, I, I soon started to realise myself that you know, we were doing Shakespeare. We were doing things that, you know, you know, more uh, Brecht, all that sort of drama practices. Yeah, um, and I enjoyed it, but I did not think for myself that I had the skill set to do that as a performer. 
and I was sort of losing interest. You know, musical theatre was was an enjoyment to me, and you know, we devising things was an enjoyment to me, but. I just sort of started to realise that my talents weren't in in that. And I I remember auditioning for the National Theatre Connections play at Winstanley College. And I, I spoke to my drama teacher, Jane, which was a lovely woman, and we had a chat and she, she basically pulled me to the side and she said, is this really what you want to do? Um, and she said, I've got, you you know, we have to cast 60, um, the 60 people who've applied for this National Theatre show and we can only give it to 15 of them. And she basically said to me that like is this what you you know is this do you want a part in this show and I went away and thought about it and then she came back to me and she said well how about would you would you be interested in doing more of a technician role or more of a stage management role but combine them together I didn't really think that was even a thing you know um so I said yeah why not let's give it a shot and I soon found the more I did bits bobs on this production, I was like, oh, I actually quite enjoy this. And I remember working with a guy called Martin, who was the head technician at Winstanley College, and he taught me the the, the fat frog desk it was, uh, the lighting desk back in the day. And he, we spent a, a good couple of days, and he was like, well, why don't you light and design the show? And I was like, what? So I was basically given this script with Martin. Obviously, he was there to help and support. And I basically light and designed this National Theatre Connections play at Winstanley. Didn't really think much of it. We did the performances and it was great. And then we got a phone call from uh, the National Connections saying you're being brought to the next round of this competition. And we went up to Kendall uh, and we got to do it all again. And this time I was like, wow, I'm in a proper theatre now doing my light and design. And I was, I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. Again, supported heavily by other people because I didn't really know how DMX worked, how everything, you know, like how all the lighting systems worked back in the day. Anyway, we went to Kendall and we had a fantastic time. It was brilliant. And we got another phone call a few weeks later and they were like, oh, you're being brought up to the next stage which was the Olivier at the in London and now this was you know this was the best it could get you know um so we were one of the 12 plays that were chosen to go to the Connections Festival and I got to do my light and design on the Olivier which was you know I mean it was my light and design but like 10 times bigger than afterwards because you know you had to fill the Olivier um and while I was there it was probably the best experience for me because I got to meet all the technicians who worked at the Olivier and, and they were asking me what I was interested in. And I said, well, you know, I guess light and design. And they ended up telling me all about the courses. And he's like, you need to go, you know, why don't you go to drama school to go and do stage management and technical theatre? And I was like, oh, OK, is this an, is this an option? <laughs> and uh, <coughs> Apologies. Um so I did. So I applied for all the drama schools, and the the one that was they were all saying they'd all went to when they were in uh, when they were in the Olivier was Royal Welsh. A lot of them went to Royal Welsh from there. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give this Royal Welsh College a try, and I applied. And after an interview, I got in, and that wasn't the I got into that one Lipper and Guildhall in London, and I that Royal Welsh really felt the best for me. I just I didn't I felt when I went to Guildhall, it was very. It wasn't my cup of tea. I felt like it was very pretentious. Um, but some people would disagree. You know, some people might have felt very comfortable. But for me, I, I felt Royal Welsh was the best place for me to study. And then I did three years there. And I went in thinking I was going to be a lighting designer. And I walked out becoming an assistant stage manager. Um 
because the way they, they sort of encouraged you to do what you wanted to do over the course. So the first few years it was, you know, learning the tricks of the trade, learning everything, and then the last year you could specialise. And I just felt like, for me, I'm very much a people person, so I... I was like, well, the stage management's more for me, I think, than sitting behind a, a technical desk. I want to be out there on stage with the cast. I want them to know who I am, to to be a part, even if I'm not necessarily on the stage, I want to be a part of that production, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that is one thing that, with stage management, is you do tend to have more of a a bond with the cast because you were on stage, whereas the in a technical role, it can be more... You can obviously still very much be, you know... You can still very much join the groups and stuff, but it's more of a segregated role, whereas stage management, you're in with the cast. Mm -hmm. So I that's why I really went for that sort of role. Um, and then, yeah, I think my career is just, is just... I've been very lucky since I've left university that I've been solid working. I mean, I've worked all over the world since I've left. I worked on cruise ships. You know, I worked for TUI, the holiday company, as a, a technician of the island and Cyprus and all these other brilliant places. So I worked in Saudi Arabia. And then I got my break a few years ago um, with Joseph the Musical um, as an assistant stage manager. And while I while I was on that, they said to me, "Would you are you interested in becoming the um, cover stage manager?" Because I was slightly a bit older than some of the others who were the assistants. And I was like, "Oh well, <laughs> yeah, why not?" But I was, you know, I was I was scared because I was like, "Well, what happens if something goes wrong?" But I was in a position where the deputy stage manager was very experienced and she didn't want to, to become the stage manager. She wanted to sit behind the desk, you know, calling the show, and she did not want to be on the stage getting all the questions and having to solve all the problems. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I did that. And then, I, um, and then it just, from there, my confidence just grew because I knew, well, I'm running this show, you know, there's 60 people working on it <laughs> and everyone's coming to me and it's it, it's happening. Um, and then I went away and worked on Newcastle Theatre Royals Panto and that was, um, you know, I was there as an assistant stage manager but once again I took on the stage manager responsibilities and then I went on to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory which I'm currently on and that was that was similar again assistant stage manager with stage management responsibilities and I knew from the very beginning when I started there I had a chat with the stage manager and he told me that he was in, he was intending to leave quite early on into the into the production and with no, no interest of mine to ever become the stage manager you know I wanted to you know I wanted to fulfill this contract and then maybe in the next contract think okay I'm going to become the stage manager if I can Anyway, they they advertised this job multiple times, and they couldn't find anyone who was experienced enough to to take over such a big show. And eventually, they were just like, well, "Why don't you apply?" And I was really, <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I, it just sort of happens. Like it all just, I interviewed, and and I ended up getting the job to my surprise, you know. And um, and they've obviously had they had a lot of faith in me because here I am doing the job. So what, what was the hesitancy, Rob? What, what, why was you so hesitant to actually, even though you'd done it before, what, what was what was preventing you from just going, yeah, why, why not? I think it was just the actual being in charge. You know, like I, what, what originally, when I was on Joseph, I, had, I was in charge once a week. But if anything went wrong, I could pass that back on to Dan, who was the stage manager. Uh, but for me, you know, it ends at me on the production now. You know, the only person who's higher than me is the company manager you know who's in charge of the whole 
um, you know, financials, you know, anything back behind the, the scenes. Producer, yeah. Um, well, he works for the producer, but he's like the, the main guy on the show. Right. Um, and he would have the, the final say on anything in terms of the, the actual show. But as the stage manager, anything that happens on stage, I'm in charge of. So if I stop the show, it stops at me, you know, and then I have to then call the producers up and say, this is the reason why I've stopped the show or I'll write a lengthy email and it goes back and forward and back until eventually you just go, okay. <laughs> but there's a, um, there's a lot of, when you stop a, a production like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there's a lot of questions and, you know, if it stops for a small amount of time, then, then they're not so worried. But if it stops for half an hour, then you've got a lot of questions to ask for because money gets involved then, you know. Um, but ultimately, you're stopping it due to safety, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, we have, we last week, actually, we were in um, Bristol and it was it was the week. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that week was the show that just kept on giving. <laughs> we, uh, we, have, we have a lot of safety elements, you know, that have to be looked at for the show. Last week we had four show stops. One of them was we have a glass elevator, you know, that comes down from the roof and then flies up. And we have one child who plays Charlie in it and Willy Wonka. And they both have a safety belt, like a harness that goes around the waist. And Willy Wonka was flapping on stage because he couldn't get this belt to clip in. And it was it was getting to the point where I was like, this is not going to happen, <laughs> you know. Um and he was he was flapping and he couldn't find it, so we had to stop the show briefly to to help him and get this because I couldn't take the lift off without you know we have a safety signal where both actors have to hold onto the handrail and then that's my signal to give the clear to fly. But if they don't do that, then that elevator is never going to fly. So we had to make sure that everything was right before we ever had lift off. Mm-hmm. Um, another one we had was. Um, this is a funny story, actually. We a child uh, in the auditorium pulled the uh, cables out the back of the sound desk. So we just started the show, and it went. <laughs> we completely lost sound. I don't know why that ever happened. Why there wasn't a safety guard behind the, behind the sound desk? But um, yeah, so we had to stop the show. And the, the the sound operator, the sound number one, was flapping. He's like, I don't know what's going on. You know. Um, and so they we, didn't know. They didn't know it was a, a kid. They were trying to diagnose the problem. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, we didn't know what the issue was. We, we completely lost. You know, do you know QLab? Do you use QLab? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we run the shows off QLab, and we completely lost the QLab um, because of um, a cable that was pulled out the back of the desk. And it was, he was like, I've checked it so many times. Like, what's going on? And we stopped for about six minutes, and eventually he realized that it was the cable in the back of the desk had been pulled out. Well, the only obvious explanation was that someone's pulled it out because it was in there at the top of the show. We yeah. did the sound checks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so now, needless to say, we have a, a cover that goes over the back of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> there's, always, there's always a solution, you know, where there's a problem, you know, we always have to think. The producers always want a contingency, like, well, how can we prevent this from happening again? But it'll happen again, and then you'll be like, "Well, how can we prevent it from happening again, again?" You know. Um, but it, it, t- to be honest, it's just so many little things that happen in the shows. That we had another one where an actress, you know, she she slipped and hurt her leg, you know, and she was the main actress on the stage. So we we had to stop because we had to then get hair off and get, get another somebody else, one of the ensembles, had to get into costume and, and go on and play Veruca, you know. So. Um, it depends really on, in that situation, on the character. If it was an ensemble member who hurt themselves, we'd be able to take them off stage and and you know and sort them out. But when it's a main character, you've got to stop the show because we we can't carry on. 
Mm. Um, I know that's quite mean to say, but that is the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to go back a little, just a little bit uh, because I'm keen to hear more of that sort of all that sort of ins, ins of the actual show. But I'm just dead interested about what you said about you when you was in college. You were going down a very performance route, and then that teacher uh, who gave you an option to go. But what about this? And you didn't even know at that point that that was even that was even a thing. You hadn't even given it a second glance. And then, yeah, what? That how that little that one little opportunity that you got given to go and maybe do some tech for for NT Connections has led you all the way to that. What you're doing now with that level of responsibility, traveling the world doing tech, and and. It's, it, you know, it's amazing when you're, we talk here a lot about having an opportunity to do something, try something. And you went from not even knowing it existed to, I assume, loving the job that you that you now do. It's badness, actually, isn't it, when you really think about it? Yeah, it's, yeah, as you say, you know, that one opportunity, I think maybe because it just, that opportunity itself grew bigger and bigger and bigger till eventually that was put into a position where I got to meet people, you know, who were who were in the industry, who were already in the industry as well, who were, you know, telling me to go and do this stuff because it will benefit me, you know. Um, yeah, it, it all just, and I, and I think that's the same with anything really, you know, I had a guy in the other day in, on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory shadowing me and all he did was call me up and say, can he, can he come backstage and shadow? And I was like, yeah, why not, you know. Um, and he's met quite a few people now. He's met, he, he wants to be, He's interested in lighting, so he's got my contact. He's got the lighting design, lighting operator, sorry, lighting number one's contact. You know, anybody he wants, you know, we're not going to say no. Um, so, And how, how old is he? How old is that guy? He was 18. Oh, he so just, he's just he, started university. He just called and asked you, yeah, whether, you yeah. whether you could come and do a bit. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we, we're always open to, you know, we, if we have the time and we have the, you know, Exact. For example, we're in Liverpool Empire. You know, in, in three weeks' time, we we're always open for people to come and have a look around, come and spend a few days shadowing. You know, to see if that's something that you'd be interested in. Um, is is that something that you is that something that's in your culture, or is do you, is that something that do you think that there's other SMs that would would allow people to do that? I think it entirely depends on the show. Uh, when I worked on Joseph, it was a strictly no because we had so many kids in it. They were like nobody is is allowed backstage unless you're already a member of staff. Charlie's a bit different because we, we have got children in it, but not to the level of Joseph. And um, from the very beginning, the company manager was like, oh, well, you know, I'm happy to, for people to come backstage. So I've just kept that going really as uh, as the stage manager and Charlie. But also I think, well, you know, I got the opportunities to do it. I went backstage on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and all those. Um, you know, I did some work on Aladdin when it was in the West End. Um, so I think, yeah, why not? Why you know, if I've had it, why can't other people have it, you know? Well, I think and, that, that's it, isn't it? You, yeah. you get that that proper, like you got there with the NT, you know, you start to meet other technicians and you're in other theatres and all of a sudden it's like, this is the job I actually really, I'm loving this and I didn't even know it was a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's So that, given that experience is, yeah, it's, it's priceless for, for, for the next young technician out yeah. there, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, I, I just advertise for, an assistant stage manager role for 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it's unbelievable how many actors applied <laughs> for the job. And it's you know it's so interesting that there's so many people who want to work 
backstage, but never really had, never even knew it was a thing. You know, they'd become actors and they've, they thought, well, I want to be an actor. But then actually when they've seen, they've worked on some of the bigger shows and she's seen what stage management to do and think, well, maybe that's something I'd like to do, you know? Um, but then, you know, as you get some of the CVs through and unfortunately I can't give somebody the job if they haven't got any experience as stage management, you know? Um, but it's interesting to see who applies. But there's nothing stopping them from going to get that experience, you know, just just asking. And I think that's the main thing is just to have the balls and ask, really. <laughs> uh, and that's what I did. You know, I, I still send producers emails now just saying I'm free after this. Have you got any work? <laughs> sometimes they just like ignore it. Sometimes they say, oh, thanks for letting us know, you know. And sometimes you just get that phone call and say, yeah, actually, we have. <laughs> you never know, you know. Um, so... How long is the tour that you're on now? So we were talking about this, Joe and I, the other day about saying like the difference with, you know, maybe being a, a technician or a direct, a resident director or a, a, an SM in a show that lives in, in the West End and it's been there for many, you know, for months or years. And then maybe being a, an SM on a, on a show that, that, that travels. There's a huge difference, I assume, with with the logistics and the actual challenges of each of those venues. Is that is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been on this show for God <laughs> since the start of January, so it, it's been a long slog, and we're on till the fourth of February. Now, I mean, Charlie is a very good production because we are in every venue for at least three weeks, so we have a nice sit down period. The set's too big to be able to move it weekly. Whereas Joseph, when I was on that, we moved it every week and that that was hard work because by the time you put it up, you're taking it down again. Um, I think the hard thing about touring or maybe the most enjoyable thing about touring is the challenges that come with it because we go to some smaller venues that it barely fits <laughs> and we go to some venues where we've got all the, the space in the world, you know, um, and that's pre-planning. So the production manager's job is usually that is to, to look at the set and then We'll have all the plans on a on a system called CAD. Do you know? Do you know CAD? Yeah. They, well, they, we use CAD. Um, I mean, I don't really know how to use it that well, but I know how it works. <laughs> um, and they they basically pick up the drawing and then place it into the into the theatre, and we can see then where it's going to fit on the stage. And we have um, a piece called the Bucket Shack, which is the where the Charlie buckets, <laughs> you know, uh, the Bucket Family, and that weighs two ton itself, and. There's times where we have to fly that above people's heads in the wings because it's there's just no room to put it there, you know, and that that comes under as my job. Um, wow. So I've been brought in, you know, the rig has been brought in um, and like fitted it all up and stuff, and then it's up to me then to to rig it to the same way I've been taught and then fly it, which is quite a scary thing to be honest because you have to you know double check, triple check to make sure before I ever fly that out that that's not gonna come back down, you know. Um, there's lots of pieces. We have an A and B show. Um, so our A show for our big venues like the Empire, um, Dublin Board, gosh, all the, the, the huge stages, we we have an A show, which is the full set. And then we get when we go to places like Wimbledon, um, Canterbury, this, they are still big houses, but just smaller stages. Uh, we have the B show, which we cut out part of the set. Nice. So there's some bits, the big bits of scenery that are just added extras that are not really doing anything they're not practical or they're just there you know we do lose them and they just go on the back of a lorry and sent off somewhere um so yeah it's all organized in that way i mean lucky enough for the next few venues we've got we're, we're on the a show right up until the end now so um 
In terms, I'm interested to your uh, thing working with kids. Like, so I'm fascinated by you know you, you have these kids who are who are on these huge stages, and we, we were talking about this the other day about how kids can be like p- performing to a really really high level, but it's because the the you know they they play a kid really well because they're a child, but they go into these venues and there's so much kind of you know must be so overwhelming cure so much curiosity you know give us a little insight into what what it's like your role as an SM working with with you know children obviously you did, Joseph is a big one with kids and particularly this one where you've got lots of kids to work with do you do a lot of kind of helping them settle in what's your relationship like with all of those yeah i think it, it's it's an odd one really because uh when, when i was on joseph i ended up actually getting a chaperone license because i was the cover stage manager um and then stage manager too um and it's so much easier when you've got a chaperone license to be able to bring a child over and explain something to them that you want them to see rather than having to take an entourage with you of all these other kids and all these other chaperones to show you to show them something that you're trying to explain um and i think with having that license on the show for Joseph made things a lot easier for me and to be able to build up, I guess, a relationship with with them to be able to, you know, to talk to them and, and, and stuff like that. And also with, um, as as stage management, you're always going to be involved with the kids um, because, you you know, you're, you're the first point of safety. So you have to make sure that everything is is done right. And also there's a lot, there's a lot of chaperones who don't necessarily know how it works you know <laughs> they're there um a lot of them are brilliant don't get me wrong some people are fantastic because they've worked in the industry for years but there's a lot of new ones who are just there to watch the kids and they're not aware of anything else around them <laughs> you know? and they're like you need to move <laughs> like there's a truck coming right now and sometimes you literally you have to be the one to move the kid or you have to be the one to you know to tell them this is how it's gonna because the chaperones don't know you know yeah. and you have to say well this is the way it is you know for Joseph is different because there was a lot of new um, new kids to the industry. But I think with Charlie, it's different because most of them have already been in the big shows. You know, we've got one of the... He's been in Newsies, he's been in Matilda, he's been in all, all of the kids' shows. So he, he he's just... What's the word institution? I don't know. He, you, know you know, like yeah. he's, he's... He's a pro. He's familiar. a pro. You know, he's better than me. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's like 12. And he, he's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but there's... Yeah, it's, it's weird, really, because a lot of the... I guess it's just their lifestyle. You know, quite a few of them go to schools that... Um, you know, like... What's that? Sylvia Young, is it? And places like that, the way they're trained to be child performers, you know? And that's... Yeah. And they do like a bit of academic work and then they also do but the rest of it is all vocational so they you know they used to all the friends are also going out to do shows they used to being away from home for weeks on end you know yeah. um i mean you know i, I look back and i think wow what a great opportunity that would have been as a child you know i mean i had some great opportunities work you know what i did here and and um you know i loved working in the p- performing arts but i think you know where you, if you're a child in London and you're a performer, you know you've got there's so many opportunities out there for them to do that. You know, if you're um, if you're on the for the West End, you know, um, so yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting one. And I, the problem with working with kids is as well, it's just constant rehearsals. <laughs> like we, 
it, it's great working with them because they bring so much energy to the show and they're funny, you know, most of the time. But I think, yeah, it's just the, you know, my friend is the head chaperone on Matilda in the West End and she, she I think about two weeks of the year, they're not in rehearsals <laughs> because they just, once they've got one group in at six months, they do like a six month stint with them. But by the time this group is on the stage, they're getting ready for the next group yeah, to, yeah. to learn so they can swap them over in six months time. So it's quite what, what in, in terms of Charlie now, what have you got in with the kids that are the, the lead cast? Are, are they understudied? Is the how many of those are you are you carrying at the moment? So actually on Charlie, we've only actually got four children. Um there's two boys and two girls who all played Charlie. All right. So yeah, we've got two girls, which was uh was different, you know, uh, yeah. which is a great opportunity. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um but all the rest of the children, like Veruca and uh, Augustas, they're all Ad, young adults okay. so they're all over the age of 16 well they're all over the age of 18 actually um but they look when they're on stage and the clothes and stuff they look a lot younger but um with charlie we have two every week so we have one week as two boys and the other week as two girls so um they will then one will be on stage and one will be backstage and they just swap each performance for each shows a week and then, and then there's an issue. If there's an issue with one, someone else will just understudy, just jump straight in. Yeah. So the other kid just swaps over. So we had an incident last week actually, where one of them was he come off stage and he said to me straight away, he says, "I don't feel well," and I says, "Okay." Um, a second, we were literally about ten minutes to the interval. I was like, "He hold on to the interval," and he said, "Yeah," and I was like, "Great." And then what my job then is to then tell the chaperone is like, "You need to get the other Charlie ready because we're going to swap over." Um, and. So yeah, we had the interval to change. But if he said to me, "No, I'm sick," then we'd have to stop the show, you yeah. know. And um, and he'd have to run to the to the bathroom if he needed to, and um, we'd have to get him on. But it was just, you know, sometimes I think kids can get anxious and they can get, um, and they just say they're sick because it's the easiest way to to make it known that they don't want to be on the stage, you know. Yeah, yeah. We've had a we had unfortunately we had one kid who was he was lovely, but it just wasn't right for him, you know. He was he, he was. It was clear that he he didn't want to be on the stage, you know. Yeah. So sometimes you just gotta, um, you know, see, see the signs and just be, like, yeah. you know. Um, it's important, isn't it? Like you say, at that age, it's it's if if they're not, if, you know, you you start to feel like you're forcing them to do something that they don't want to do, and and ultimately, like you say, it's about it's about creating the right environment, isn't it, for for young people to to be as good as they can be. Yeah. And it's so different as well. You know, a lot of these kids that we have on the show, they've been on shows, but in London. Yeah. They've not been on shows on tour. And that's so, so different. You know, you're, the chaperone is basically your parent for a week. Um, and the, you know, they're, they're buddies with another another child and they share a room, but they don't get on or they don't, they don't, you know, it, it's a long time, you know. Lucky enough, they do all get on. But it's it's a lot to ask somebody at the age of 12 to go and move away from home for a week and just work mm-hmm. it's amazing actually it's an insight that i wasn't probably expecting to, to, to get today it's how integrated you as a in a role are with 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 the cast um you know and i i found that interesting before where you were saying about i was going to ask you like why did you not do lights you've already answered that in terms of this kind of very hands-on very kind of integrated part of that uh of that team in terms of your and you did touch on this at the beginning but Young people who are listening and thinking, like you, I didn't even know stage management was a thing. We're giving kids here an opportunity. Um, so we create roles within our shows where 
there's maybe a young assistant director um which basically is a shadowing role and they'll they'll get some problems to solve and they'll just be in in that um you know stage managers lighting sound there's a lot of you, you can work with proper equipment you can get input and advice and so on um and you know that that's something for us that we've that we've sort of um you know constantly done but in terms of the skill set what what do you think is like you know what if to do this role that's what you really need obviously you didn't an interest in in tech but you didn't really have that did you i didn't know and i think it's a good question actually i think i think it's people skills to be honest is the, is the main answer like i just i just like working with people i like trying to help people and solve skill you know solve problems and that's what a stage manager basically is you know you are the person who you know an actor's going to come up with a problem they expect you to fix it you know and if you can't you've got to be polite and say well you know i gave it a shot also there's there's other situations where i always just call it you know have you ever seen madagascar with the penguins smile and wave boys you know? <laughs> <laughs> i always say that to some of the uh the, some of the assistant stage manager she says she's just doing my nothing or you know one of the cast members on charlie we've got some cast members that are bit challenging yeah. uh but some of the, most of them are all lovely but you know it's just there's times where you've just got to grit your teeth and say okay yeah. <laughs> um whether we actually fix that problem is another question but we try our best to if we can't then we we find other solutions but i think yeah it, it it's about being a people person and teamwork as well i think is a big thing and i've what i've learned as being the stage manager as well is it's also not to take it all on my own plate as well. You know, delegation is also an important thing to be a stage manager is, well, you know, everybody's expecting the stage management team to do this. But it doesn't mean it's all on me as the stage manager. You know, that's why I've got a team to be able to, to help get to that point with everyone, not just myself. Um, and that's what I've learned. I think when I was when I was going up being another assistant stage manager, I did see a lot of the stage managers trying to do other things themselves which I guess sometimes it is easier to do it yourself rather than trying to explain. But um, I try to like use my team as much as I can because then they feel like they're being used more as well and being more in part of the team. I read something the other day, which was which was basically uh, someone said like 80% of all of uh, every job or 80% of the success of any job is your ability to work with people. It doesn't matter what job you do, from a from a doctor to a scientist to a teacher to a sportsman, is is your ability to be able to work with other people, you know. And and, and we 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 have a values here. We talk about some of the things like you know work hard and show respect and that type of thing. Where just being a good human sometimes is is what you is what gets you on. Absolutely, yeah. you know what I mean. I, I think I think I'm going back to the to the yeah to the the early days when you started working with me as a kid you were always in the awards for things that that really champion your attitude yeah. and your personality rather than you know more technical roles in terms of performance which which speaks volumes doesn't it like that's probably what's got you where you are yeah absolutely at, at the time i, I want to ask you about this this story which i read in the stage <laughs> magazine um and because I, obviously I'd, I read it and, and it was, I don't know the story off by heart, but I basically read about, uh, it was a director talking about how one of the lead roles was ill in a pantomime and the stage manager 
had basically stepped into the role at a moment's notice, um, which, which was professional theatre and, and the SM was doing the, I think it was the role of Buttons or something like yeah. that. And I re- and and then I, I read your name and I was like, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, not only is he doing it, he's the SM, but he stepped in and I was taking... I don't know whether I, I, I was taking a little bit of like distant credit for your ability to <laughs> <laughs> your ability to perform at that point. Just tell us about that whole whole sit because what I loved about the article was firstly was that was the, the the tribute that was paid to you via the director, which was I know as a director, your SM, your you know yeah. your tech team are just god, uh, and no one no one knows that they're god, but you do, and just the whole you know, how how that came about. Just tell us about, about all of that. Yeah, well, do. Um, first off, you should take some credit because it all started with you. <laughs> I'm taking uh, some. Thanks, know, mate. Yeah, Thank you. Did. You, know, I, uh, you know, I did no drama before before starting with, with you guys, you know, um, and it did. It built my confidence up massively. So, yeah. Um, I think it, this is a funny story. Well, I, as the stage manager, you know, you're in the rehearsal room and you're listening to this to the cast all day long you know i'm listening to the same lines being repeated you know even as as also with the stage manager you 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 can also have an input if the director's nice to be able to suggest ideas you know on on this particular show i was like well i don't think that works you know why you know why are you not doing it like this and he'd be like oh yeah you know good idea um to an extent yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right pipe down yeah pipe down yeah (laughs) please um but i think with that show I just formed, I'd worked for the theatre company before as the stage manager. So I already had a nice, you know, I knew what I was, the ride I was going to have there. And I was very involved in the show itself. And I think I, I just enjoyed being in the rehearsal room and I was watching all the actors and, you know, I found it to be particularly funny, the role of buttons, some of the stuff that he was doing. And basically what happened was we got hit by COVID big time. The whole show went down for uh it got hit it hit us all on the 23rd of december so by christmas eve everybody had got it basically um and we had him planned we planned that on the 29th of december we were coming back um to do the shows so we lost a lot of money by not doing the show because we had to refund all the tickets and this is not a particularly big theater it's just an independent place um with a professional show and i Basically, the producer ran me up on the 29th, the morning of the 29th, and said, we need to cancel the show, but that's it. Like, you know, we won't be... That'll be the end of it, um, because there's no more money left. And, you know, if we have to cancel any more, then it's going to cost a lot more. And I said, well, what's the issue? And he just said, well, Buttons is down. And I said, well, have we got enough people to do the rest of the show? And he he was like, yeah. And then... <laughs> Out of the blue, I was like, "Well, what if I went on and did it?" And he just laughed, and he, uh, and then he was because he was on the vo- he was on the phone, virtually in tears, you know, uh, Wesley, and it was it was getting to my heart, you know, like a bit like, "Oh my god, the amount of work we've put into this, and no one's even going to see it," you know, like it it'd already been on for like a week and a half, um, and he said, um, and he said, "Really?" And I said well what would you think <laughs> and it, it was just like a, a little bit of banter on the phone for a little bit and then he was like I was like Wesley I'm serious should I, should I go on and do it and he was like would you I said well I'll go on with the book I said I've been active before I'll go on with the book and with the script and um you know do it and he was like if you do that you'll be a lifesaver um 
So I did. <laughs> I, went, I, I went into the theater, I rang all the cast up and I was like, can you all come in an hour early and we'll all just run these scenes that I'm in. And um, I went on the first show with the book and um, I, you know what, to be honest, I knew a lot of the script because I'd already done it, you know, I'd be in rehearsals, tech rehearsals, you know, everything that you can possibly think, you know, we've, we've been drilling this script for, for so long. Um, and then I had to do the evening performance too and I... I didn't go on with the script. I just went on and did it. <laughs> and, uh, it was what I said to the dame, though, which was funny. The, the guy who was playing the dame, I said, you need to say at the top of this show, the first time we both meet each other on this stage, you need to say that I'm not this actor. <laughs> because I do not want to be seen as the worst actor <laughs> ever to go on stage. And uh, he was like, yeah, so... He was uh, when I first went onto the stage. He was like, "Oh, and this here is Buttons. He's usually up at the stage manager's position. <laughs> he's usually backstage at the stage manager. Um, but today he's decided to come on stage and save the day." <laughs> wow. um, so yeah, that's what we. Uh, I did it, and Wesley he ran me up, and he he basically like was thanking me so much, and the bit the basically the theatre made sixty thousand pounds in that day just by. Um, just by putting just that, by putting that show on. Wow. So I mean, it was going to be a big hit. That was, you know, twenty ninth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth for the big sellers of Pantos. You know, that's yeah. when everyone wants to come. Yeah. Um. So you know, it was sold out. Um. So they they were just so thankful that I did it. And by the thirtieth, I was like the the guy who was playing buttons was well. I was like, have it back. <laughs> like, it was, do you know what? No, You've had your fill now. Yeah. Come on. It was it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Um, did it not give you a? a did, did you ever think? Did you go back to your role and think I'm happy to be back? It's like when you go on holiday and you come home yeah. and you're like, as much as you enjoyed the holiday, there's no place like home. <laughs> yeah. Or did you think? Maybe I've chose the wrong career here. <laughs> Do you know what? I got a taster, and um, I don't know. I, you know, I'd never say never. If Charlie and the Chocolate Factory said to me, "Do you want to go on and do this?" I probably would. Want to go on for yeah. Bob in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Who'd be like your one way go? If it's uh, anyone, it's it, them. It'd have to be someone with not too many lines. Probably <laughs> we have a two characters called Jerry and Cherry, and they're like the news reporters. Yeah. I think I can play che Jerry, yeah. uh, and then I'll play an umpa lumper in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, you wouldn't be able to go on and do something like Wonka no. because you've got too many lines, you know. Yeah. Um, but you could probably get away with, like, as a news reporter, I could get away with a clipboard <laughs> with the lines on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. But um, I think, you know. I never say never. I do enjoy the performance side of things, but I just with stage management, I I like being the person. I like being in charge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I I like I also like the security of being backstage too. I just it, it's bad to say, but there's a lot more jobs backstage than there is on stage, you know. Um, and I just think there's um, there's a lot more opportunities backstage too. A lot, you know, there's of ways of of working on a production, but not being the centre of the production if you get what I mean do you, do you is it fair to say I remember when I played football and I played football you know semi-pro and I'd scored hat-tricks in cup finals and that you know that, that was a real centre I thought I'd never be able to replace that and then I started coaching um, and I found that that actually winning a, and I'd won a cup final as a coach and the, 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 the feeling wasn't too dissimilar yeah you know, and I've I've been an actor. I've been on stage, and I've 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 been a lead role, but I've also been the director of. And again, the, the feeling's not too dissimilar. Do you, do you 
you've obviously done both and you've done you've actually done one professionally even though even though it wasn't wasn't intentional um, but but do you do you find that do you still get a real buzz from being in the team or or does it just feel like a, a bit more this is just my this is just the job no i absolutely get the buzz i mean i get choked up every night when we have the curtain call you know wow. um it's a it's a it's an element of pride i guess um you know when you're backstage because especially being the stage manager you know a roar from the audience is is a, is a job well done to me you know like because if we haven't you know if the show hasn't stopped or we haven't had to cancel then it's successfully run through you know and that's that is my job is to make sure that from for that two and a half hours that it runs well you know and and the applause at the end is also a well done for us backstage you know um i mean <laughs> You know, I'm not on stage there. No one's there to see me as the stage manager, are they? You know, but it's it it is a buzz, you know. And I think everyone just sometimes there can be elements where people, you know, just look at their own perspective. You know, there's quite a lot of times where cast they don't really look at the stage management team as like a well. The only reason why you're doing that is because of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some of them are very nice. Some, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of them give us a round of applause or a thank you and stuff at the end of the night. There's always the odd few that you know just think that we're there to save them. Um, but it's not. It's not that case. You know, um, it, for us, you know, I, I always feel like I've played a major part in the show at the end of it because I know if I wasn't there, then it wouldn't happen. Mm. <laughs> um, and we do, we do all get that, especially after you've just opened a show as well and you've put so much time into it. You know, you can do it. 80 hour shift you know in one week sometimes when you go into a tech and the element when that first when the curtain comes at the end of the first show you know it's just such a good feeling that sense of relief yeah so do you stay in ho- are you staying in hotels or what how oh, do you I wish <laughs> I was gonna say that's not expensive isn't it we so get, uh, so when you're on tour you get your weekly wage and then you get something called touring allowance which is it's about 330 pound a week and that's supposed to cover your food and accommodation. When you go to somewhere like Bristol, that gets you, it doesn't really get you very far. Um, you know, quite often I find myself the accommodation slightly a bit more than that. But I like to to give myself a bit nicer accommodation than living in some old lady's house. <laughs> we use there's something called Theatre Digs Booker, which is like a, a website that people put their houses on or their spare rooms and you can book into them. Or, you know, there's times where I would, I just like to book Airbnb with other people on the show. Um, but yeah, it, it depends really. It depends how you're feeling. If it was like a, a one week or two week venue, I might decide to just live in someone's house for one of those venues and the next venue I'll live for a bit more luxury. Or, yeah. uh, I mean, the few times I've stayed in the Premier Inn, which is luxury when you're on tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not staying in the Ritz, you know. <laughs> Um, I've got this vision of you walk around with one of those, um, you know, those white dressing gowns on. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I think, I mean, that's the same for everybody in the company. The only people who get the hotels are the kids and the chaperones, but everybody else just gets the touring allowance, no matter if you're the main character or you're the... Uh, I love that. Know, I love that for the kids. Yeah. Oh, the, the kids. I mean, the kids live in luxury. I tell you, they were in, they live in like hotels with swimming pools. Oh, and, yeah, I love that. They, yeah, I know. Well, at the end of the day, I'd say it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We're all coming to watch Charlie, yeah, aren't we? You are, you are, yeah, yeah. But they, so well uh, done, Charlie. Yeah, they have to have like uh, 
secure places where they can have school rooms and all that because yeah, they have to yeah. do the school on course, tour. Yeah. So yeah, the hotels seem to be the place. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit uh, it's horrible when you you walk out the theatre and they say goodbye to you and they're walking to the Marriott next door. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh, into yeah, Barbara yeah. spare bedroom. You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Sleeping <laughs> sleeping on your on your bag. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. So it's in, a, in terms of like I'm. You know, when you look at act, easy for actors or if you, you know, footballers, you could say, I want to play for the, the, the best team or, and as actors, there's always a bigger role maybe than the one that you've done. Well, what's, what's, what's the, the, the ambition of the stage managers? Like what, you know, what, what's the, what's the ultimate goal for you? Where do you, where, where do you think, do you know what, that's what I'm aiming for? Yeah. Um, I think for me, cause this is my first time being the stage manager on, on such a big show. I mean, the opportunity for me just sort of came to me I did apply for it but I was given it you know um I think for me the next thing I'd like to do actually is to start the show from the beginning as the stage manager and whether that's a slightly smaller show because you know Charlie is such a huge show it's the second biggest show on the road at the moment other than the Lion King the Lion King's the biggest um and I just I think maybe I can make it my own a bit more because I've took over from a very experienced stage manager who has sort of got it going and I've sort of kept it in the same way that he has because it's not it's not worth uh, causing too much hassle by changing it. Yeah, I don't particularly want to change it, but um, yeah, it'd be nice to have my own spin on a, on a show, you know, from the very beginning. So I think that's my next stage is to try and get on a, a maybe a slightly short, smaller show in terms of set and pieces and, um, and try and make it my own. And then I think one of these things as a stage manager really is you either stick there and... It, and you be the stage manager and just try and work on the, the biggest and best shows in the world, or you make your way up to a company manager, which is, it's an odd role, but it is the next stage in the production side, but it's not actually on stage. It's more of a, a welfare role, like a, you know, a business side role who's in contact with the producers, but also looking after like mental health and wages and, you know, like more of an admin style role, but still at the theater. So the company manager, you know, he would never come onto the stage unless I called him for for an issue. Um, it's just solely up to me what happens on the on the stage. So I guess it depends on what what you want. You know, if I want to stay on the stage and be the the manager, then the next stage is to is to just go on to different shows. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's an element of me that always uh, always wouldn't fa- wouldn't mind fancying having a go at producing maybe at some point. You know, um, I think I've got the skills. I know how a theatre works. Um, it's just taking that leap and, you know, getting in with a producer to be able to to, to advance to that level. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, producing comes with money. <laughs> As with everything, yeah. yeah. I've got one question, final question before we probably finish with some, like, frivolous questions about, like, you know, favourite show and all that. Um, my question is about, about girls and, and tech. You know, and in your experience, what's the kind of ratio between? So when we see, obviously, all, all theatre schools, I think we have eighteen percent of our kids that are boys, which is still really good, I think, for you know, particularly in, in areas like ours. How does that translate into tech? Is there is there uh, any? I'm sure there is, but but how? You know, what's the ratio? Uh, you know, and have you got any? You know, have you worked with any? let you say really good women in that role for you for, for some of our students who are like that always seems like a boy thing to do tech and i'm sure it isn't 
no, absolutely not. Um, I think stage management actually is predominantly female. Right. Yeah, which is interesting. I think especially the book, which is like the deputy stage manager and book cover role. I don't know if anybody, but I'll explain the book anyway. But it's like um, the book is a, is the script basically that has all the cues that the we call, you know, so the light and sound cues, the automation cues. And that tends to be, that's a role that the deputy stage manager does. And she would... Um, you know, call everything to time so that everybody else is on the same page and she'll say go to everybody so it all runs smoothly. That tends to be more of a female role, actually. Um, and then ASMs, the assistant stage managers, all my um, all my assistant stage managers, apart from Tom, is is a female. So there's three of them who are female. And then I'm the stage manager. So we've got more, yeah, we've got more females in our team than male. Um, I think... It tends to be one of these weird ones, really, because stage manager, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of female stage managers, but there tends to be an awful lot of male stage managers as well. The, the males sort of seem to skip over the deputy role and jump up to the stage manager role because it's a lot more practical. But that not doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way it is. It just it it just seems to be that there's a lot more females on the deputy stage manager role because they enjoy being more in control from behind from, from the desk. Mm -hmm. um, Charlie's great though, actually, because our head of video is female. Um, we've got females in the sound team. So it, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty even to be honest. Like we, there is a, you know, I can see why there's a, there's a lot of reasons people would think that technicians uh, tend to be male, but I think the industry is, is, slowly getting there to be honest there's you know we had a, a tea we had a, a a group from um bristol ovic come backstage the other day and they um they were a, a stage management technical theater course and there was 30 of them and i would say probably 20 of them were female wow. and the rest of them were male so yeah i think i'm hoping that it's going to be the case you know that we just it, you know um it's very even mm-hmm because we, we've done that with a bit with ours, like like Seclue and uh, Charlotte and now people jumping on onto tech. But, yeah. uh, you know, we've not had loads of the students. And I guess for us, it's about trying to think about how we can make that just, yeah, more appealing, I guess. or So so girls can see themselves in that role and, and think, as as clearly happens, that they, they bring something slightly, slightly different in terms of the way they interact with people and, and that kind of thing. So Yeah, I think it was interesting because I got Abby to come on the talk with us, you know, and we brought people around the stage who's is on video. And she, you know, it was interesting seeing some of the other girls who were just started university thinking, oh, she's the one who's in charge of video. You know, when I said, oh, this is Abby, she's in charge of the video. And they were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's it, isn't it? It's like you, you see someone and you're like, oh, I could, I could, do that, that that maybe that's a job that i didn't know existed and yeah and maybe maybe that's something that i could i could do because i think everyone first of all embarks on performing arts as a kid even you know you did the same because you have an interest in in performing mm. but yeah how many good people are being missed because then then they haven't got the confidence to perform or maybe you know, yeah. and, and actually, there's so many other roles in in, in that particular. Oh, absolutely! Industry. I don't think anybody who starts the industry thinks I'm going to be a stage manager. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I mean, everybody wants to be an actor of first, course, don't yeah. they? You know, like that's what yeah. it is. You know, um, but 
I think you need to experience the acting side and experience coming backstage and, and talking to people to get the idea of whether that's something that you want to do. Because if you never do that, then you're, you're never going to know. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if I, if I was at the Arts Centre now, I, I'd be, you know, if I was performer, I'd be trying to learn all the other aspects too, you know. And definitely I would be jumping on the lighting desk learning it um, because you just never know when those skill sets are are going to be required in the theatre or, you know, there's people who I know who are actor, actor techies, you know, <laughs> they, they're doing some of the technical stuff and then they're going onto the stage and performing, you know, it's just a uh, multi-rolling. We have a, there's a lot of, there's quite a few jobs that go up on, on Mandy, which is a jobs network um, site. And the, quite often I see like acting ASMs. So the, you know, they're an ASM and then they will fill in, they're like understudies, but they fill in, Right. small parts but then they will become the main characters if the if the main characters go off stage you know so it's more of a swing role like an actor swing role but also an asm wow so yeah there are roles out there like that you know on some of these um i think there's one called fat friends that does it like that you know there's quite a few touring ones that are slightly a bit smaller but they do it like that rather than employing so many people to do different roles so yeah that's uh it's an interesting role amazing Right, so we're going to finish, Rob, with a couple of, like, just because we always ask these questions to certain people uh, and, and we talk about theatre. You work in the theatre as a professional, but what's what's the, what's the you know, for you, what's the, the show you'd love to work on as a, you know, as, a, as an SM? You think, do you know what? There's one show out there I'd love. Oh, what, what would it be? <laughs> There's a few, actually. Um, I love Come From Away. I think that's fantastic. I've put my CV in for Come From Away, so I'm hoping that I, uh, that's going on tour next year. I, I love the music in it. I think it's brilliant. Um, I'm in the position at the moment where my producers that I'm working for have Wicked, so I'm going to try and... Uh, I'd like to work on Wicked. I think that'd be pretty cool. Though Wicked stage manager's probably, at the moment, maybe a bit, uh, a bit of a push. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think... I think for me is I'd quite like to start something that's new as well. You know, um, I've seen there's some things coming out. Um, mean Girls is supposed to be coming out. That'd be pretty sick. But uh, yeah, there's a few things that I've I've got my mind on, but I don't really know which one particularly would be the one that I'd like to go for. I guess, do you know what, actually? I guess Chitty Chitty Bang Bang would be pretty cool because that was the first ever show I've seen professionally at um, the Liverpool Empire with my parents when I started liking theatre and uh, I think that'd be pretty cool to be on there like a little there's a flying car there's a flying car well, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to excite the SM yeah, or, or freak them out yeah, it's one, one of the other of them, yeah. <laughs> so yeah there's a few that I, I am interested in but yeah I've certainly got my eye on, on a couple of them Rob yeah. my one of my questions is for you, what do you think makes for a good relationship between a stage manager and the production's director? Oh, okay, this is a good question. I I am actually uh, have a great relationship with our uh, resident director called uh, Lee, and she's done years of experience. You know, she's been an actress, she's done all the shows, and as a dancer, and then made up to resident director. And I think one thing is, you know, for me. The first thing I said to Lee is when I got the job, I was like, Lee, I'm so new to this. Like, <laughs> you, you know, I'm happy to just work with you. To, you know, if you think this is better, let's go with it. But actually, as we've over the past few months, there's times where I'm like, mm, I don't agree with that or, you know, and we, we have to come to compromises. And I think it's just working together to to agree on something. Um, You know, I, 
overall Lee has the final say and if she doesn't agree she says no this is how it's happening but she never does you know we we we're at the point now where we can both work together um and if things need to be escalated then we we just call a meeting with other people and we like okay this is what i think this is what you think let's think what everybody else thinks you know um so it's so interesting how you started that by saying you know you, you held your hands up and said look I don't know all the answers here. I, I'm 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 new to this. It's such a position. People avoid saying things like that because it yeah. it makes them look incompetent or it looks the weak or whatever. And it's not the case. No. It's not the case at all. It, it, it's about being humble and honest and and opening the door to. Yeah, can we can we learn from each other? And 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 then she starts to do the same. Like oh well, and I it's a really nice nice way of building that relationship where. Yeah, let's work together. We, we don't yeah. have the, all the answers, but we'll we'll work towards getting them. Absolutely. I think when I first got the job, the Charlie job as the stage manager, obviously I already knew the show because I was the assistant, so that was a great advantage. But it was the point where I was like, it's either sink or swim, you know, <laughs> um, because this is a big show and I don't. So the first thing I did was basically, yeah, just hold my hands up and say, you know, I, I went to the company manager and I said, you're going to have to teach me a lot of stuff here because I just don't know the answers to it you know and we have we that's everything every time i have an issue or every time i just don't know i just go to him and say i don't know yeah. you know um and it's better to do that than to to lie or to to yeah. try and make your way you know because uh, eventually it comes back on you yeah, <laughs> absolutely, you know, absolutely. yeah so um so yeah we always try my best to to just if i don't know go to them you know mm. um Sometimes though you've just got to make a decision and hope it's the best decision. You yeah, know, you work in that you yeah. work in that pressure cooker environment, yeah, aren't you? Like, yeah. Sometimes that hesitancy can be can be more harm than good. You've got to yeah. you've got to make a decision, be assertive, and go. Look, this is on me. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Especially when you stop the show, you know, like if I stop the show and they, people they don't agree with it, it has been times where I've stopped the show and they they've said, oh, um, why did you stop it there? And I said, well, I thought I had to. You know, uh, yeah. from a safety perspective. And people disagree with me, people, you know, but I yeah. just said, well, that was my decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you just got to stick with your own decisions and think that you've made the right decision at that point and worry about it later. Mm -hmm. yeah. Rob, it's been such an insight. Um, I, I didn't think it was, uh, you've taught me so much about an industry I thought I knew really well, but a really sort of open insight. So thanks so much for your time. Um, it's brilliant for me. I feel like a little bit of a proud daddy <laughs> uh, of, of how you've, how your, two things really, how, how your personality which we always used to champion, and we'd we'd say that that's that's your biggest asset. It seems like it's it's helping you get to where you want to be, which is brilliant. Um, and as I say, a big shout out to shining a light on some of these new roles that, or, or the the roles that have always been there that maybe people didn't ever see themselves in or didn't know anything about. So thank you so much for shining a light on on all of that. Thank you very much for having me.